You've probably heard me talk about my dog, Jackson. He's my baby boy. And as he's gotten older, he's gotten really finicky about eating. He used to get so excited about food, he'd literally spin. Well, not anymore. In fact, I often have to spoon feed him to get him to eat. Well, no more. Not since we started feeding him fresh food made with whole ingredients, backed by veterinary science. It's Nom Nom. Now, I actually tried making food for him myself. I'd cook up big batches of chicken or beef with vegetables and rice or potatoes. But without knowing what I was doing, he wasn't getting the vitamins and minerals he needed and certainly not in the correct balance. That's all changed now with Nom Nom. Go to trynom.com, T-R-Y-N-O-M.com slash Nicole. They'll ask you some questions about your pup and tailor a specific amount of individually packaged Nom Nom meals and send them to you. By using my special URL, trynom.com slash Nicole, you'll get 50% off of your first order, plus free shipping, and it's a great way to help support this show too. Again, that's trynom.com slash Nicole. plus Nom Nom comes with a money-back guarantee. If your dog's tail isn't wagging within 30 days, Nom Nom will refund your first order. No fillers, no nonsense, just Nom Nom. Well, I'm moving on out, out of Florida, headed for Arizona, where we'll stay. Moving on out, out of Florida, to a place where it's okay to say gay. AZ didn't vote for the fascists, like Florida certainly did. I know things there won't be perfect. And I'm really going to miss my kid. While we're driving cross country, there still are shows to be done. So I'm pulling interviews you may not have heard. And I hope you listen to everyone while we're moving on out. Out of Florida to Arizona where it's hot as hell. I'll take the sauna over the steam room. To escape this Ron DeSantis fascist hell. Welcome to day two of our moving shows. I'm Nicole Sandler, currently in transit from South Florida to Arizona. And it's going to take a few weeks. So I have um, uh, spent the time to pull some shows and pieces of shows from the past Oh, dozen or so years, maybe more, and put them together for your enjoyment while we're driving. So yesterday we heard from Heather Cox Richardson and the Reverend Dr. William Barber, two people that I admire so much. And we've got more of those coming up over the next couple of weeks. Um, today, I don't have an interview for you, but today we're going to mark two moments in history. I've taken to calling around the globe, in case you haven't noticed. Uh, The first one up is the first time I did that, as the Arab Spring was just beginning. Let's go back to 2011, February 2nd, 2011. One of the benefits of having been doing this show for so many years is the historical record left behind. Today, we experience history unfolding. Remember the Arab Spring? We had such hope that democracy would finally sweep through the Middle East. And it all began with a singular act of defiance. On December 17, 2010, Mohamed Bouzazi, a young Tunisian street vendor who had his produce confiscated by police, set himself on fire to protest against police harassment and the authorities' lack of concern. His actions triggered nationwide protests and calls for an end to the authoritarian rule of the president, Zin El Abedin Ben Ali. And then all hell broke loose. Protests continued in Tunisia. The president finally fled to Saudi Arabia. But the flame had been lit and the fire was spreading throughout the region, including Egypt. Egyptian activists called for a mass rally and a, quote, day of anger on January 25th, 2011. That date was set to coincide with the annual celebration of the Egyptian police, and the people took to the streets for unprecedented protests in Cairo as the city came to a standstill. And violent clashes between anti-Mubarak forces and the police took over. On January 28th, just three days later, Egyptian President Hosni Mubarak announced, quote, I have ordered the government to step down 
and I will name a new government tomorrow. Well, that wasn't quite the change the people had in mind. On February 2nd, protesters declared February 4th the, quote, Friday of departure for Mubarak as the clashes between, again, pro-Mubarak and anti-government forces began in Tahrir Square. That was the day, February 2nd, I decided to call hotels around Tahrir Square to get a first-hand account of what was happening there from just an average working Egyptian. Here's how that went down. All right. Welcome to a Wednesday. It is uh, the 2nd of February. By the way, you know what that means, don't you? Um, ah, man. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I had I Got You Babe all queued up, you know, because it's Groundhog Day. I, I guess good news if you are a believer in the predictive powers of Puxatawney Phil, who came out of his hole, so to speak, and uh, didn't see a shadow, I guess, so uh, there will be an early spring. Good news to the um, <laughs> millions of people who were hit with a, a huge blizzard yesterday. Unfortunately, I don't think Puxatawney Phil is um, very reliable. Anyway, a lot more important things going on in the world today, aside from the weather. Yeah, yesterday I was just in awe of the fact that what was happening in Egypt was a peaceful revolution. Unfortunately, the peaceful is no longer in the equation. Yeah, it ain't peaceful at all. In fact, you know, I've been following the tweets of, um, hold on, let me find my, my blog here. And, uh, of course I closed it out. Oh, it's one of those mornings, you know. Um, Sharif Kadus, who is the senior producer of, uh, Democracy Now!, who grew up in Egypt, is on the ground there, is, uh, watching what's going on. And, uh, what he tweeted just moments ago is, I can't get back into Tahrir. Uh, Mubarakite thugs have created a riot at the beginning, uh, at the main entrance. Very hostile atmosphere. Yeah, and the reports of what's happening say that they are thugs. The people, these these pro-government thugs, they're they're describing them as thugs. Are the police? Some of the people who have been captured have police ID cards. And they're saying that um, they are agents of Mubarak who have been brought in to wreak havoc, to create chaos, and to um, to make things worse there. So people might actually think that under Mubarak's rule, things were better. You know, I guess it was wishful thinking on my part to hope that um, uh, the revolution would be peaceful. Because I guess Mubarak and his thugs are doing whatever they can to stay in power. Now, unfortunately, and I didn't see it, uh, according to Syracuse Cindy in the chat room, Joe Biden was on MSNBC this morning, and here's a quote, once again, according to Syracuse Cindy. Egypt doesn't have control of its people the way we do here. Oh, really, Mr. Biden? Not the smartest thing to say. MSNBC posted it. All right, I'll try to find it. In the meantime, I want to play for you. Um, I, I can't get Al Jazeera's stream live on the computer. Obviously, they are um, pretty uh, busy, I guess. But the, here's the latest report filed by an Al Jazeera producer, web producer on the ground in Tahrir Square. It's from um, a few hours ago, but it's still pretty timely. It's about 11.30 now in Cairo, and I've seen not one but two pro-Mubarak demonstrations this morning, both of them small. The first one in the Akuza neighborhood was about 50 people, and the second one in Doki was about 150 people. Uh, both of them had a certain stage-managed quality about them. The one in Doki passed through uh, Midan, Doki, Doki Square, a busy commercial part of the neighborhood. And as it did, about a dozen shopkeepers all ran outside at once and started applauding the demonstrators as they walked by. They were chanting, Ya Mubarak, Ya Mubarak. One person was holding signs that said, Yes to Mubarak, No to Chaos. And I talked to these shopkeepers, and every one of them said they supported Mubarak, which is a unanimity that's very hard to find uh, in Egyptian politics. At the other demonstration in Agusa, one woman ran up to me after they passed by and said that they were being paid 50 Egyptian pounds, or about $9, to go out and demonstrate. Huh. Several other people in the neighborhood said the same thing. They said they recognized the protesters, and they knew they were being paid. Uh, obviously, the protesters themselves would not confirm this, but it seems to be a very widely held belief here in Cairo that the people who were out chanting for Mubarak 
are being paid to do so. Uh, did you hear that? And and so it's widely believed that the pro-Mubarak factions are being paid by the government to get out there and to uh, wreak havoc. Um, Mona El-Tahawi, who is an, uh, a columnist, public speaker on Arab and Muslim issues, she w- we heard some clips from her on some of the Sunday shows. She's saying there are Mubarak thugs on horseback entering Tahrir Square and and uh, trying to to figure out what's going on. Uh, all I can say is, you know, the world is watching. You know, the, truly, the days of the revolution not being televised over. Because this revolution and every other revolution going forward most certainly will be televised. Um, in case you didn't hear it last night, Hosni Mubarak spoke. It was late. And he said that although people had hoped that he was going to announce that he was leaving, he was stepping down, that's not really what he said. Here's a little bit of his very, very strange speech. Hosni Mubarak, who is addressing you today, takes pride in the long years he spent serving Egypt and its people. This dear and beloved homeland is my homeland, like as it is the motherland of all the Egyptians, in which I lived and for which I fought. I defended its soil, sovereignty and interest, and I will die on the soil of Egypt, and I will be judged by history for my merits and demerits. So that was Hosni Mubarak speaking about himself in the third person, which is really weird. But Rachel Maddow made a very interesting correlation last night. Here's a, here's the clip. If President Mubarak's speech in both tone and content seemed a little bit familiar to you from something recently in the news, uh, consider this. I have spent more than 50 years of my life in the service of Tunisia, serving in different positions from the National Army to the different decision-making positions, and 20 years at the presidency. Every day of my life was and will always be on the service of my country. I have made countless sacrifices. Sounding very much like Hosni Mubarak did tonight in Egypt. That was Tunisia's decades-long president speaking to his people on January 13th. That was the night before he fled the country. Now, that's uh, quite interesting. Unfortunately, you know, uh, I think it was wishful thinking on her part, and she then introduced their uh, NBC's foreign affairs, chief foreign affairs correspondent, Richard Engel, who, by the way, is doing a great job covering this, um, who said, I was waiting for someone else to make that correlation. Um, Unfortunately, it doesn't seem like uh, that he's going to carry... Uh, follow in the footsteps of uh, Tunisia's former president and leave the country today. Um, but things are, are getting really ugly there. You know, just as I said, just yesterday, it was very encouraging. It looked like a real peaceful revolution. Uh, today, it just looks like a revolution. Now, of course, as he did the last time Mubarak spoke, President Obama uh, also took to the airwaves after this speech. It is not the role of any other country to determine Egypt's leaders. Only the Egyptian people can do that. What is clear, and what I indicated tonight to President Mubarak, is my belief that an orderly transition must be meaningful, it must be peaceful, and it must begin now. And we hear that uh, in a private conversation, uh, President Obama was a bit more pointed to Hosni Mubarak and said, you must leave. Somebody this morning on Twitter said, well, why should he listen to Obama? David Swanson replied, well, $1.5 billion a year. That's pretty um, influential. Yeah, it's ugly and getting uglier. Again, Sharif Kadus just tweeted again, we had to disassemble our cameras and hide them in our bags to walk around these thugs. They are attacking journalists, cursing Al Jazeera. And a report came out this morning that said um, Anderson Cooper was attacked by some of these thugs, was um, hit in the head at least 10 times. This is going to be an interesting day, to say the least, to watch what's happening in Egypt. And it's not good at all. So let's try this. I'm going to try the Ramses Hilton in, in Cairo. 
and, you know, see if we can get someone to talk with us again. We did this the other day. We called the Four Seasons, and it was kind of interesting. Let's see if we can't get somebody. Hi, may I speak with the front desk, please? Sorry? May I speak with the front desk, please? Let's, you know, let's see if we can get someone to talk. I guess the phone lines are still up, and the Internet supposedly is back on today. Let's see if the Ramsey's Hilton, which is right on the Nile, will answer. They they answered and put me on hold. I guess they're kind of busy. Actually, their website says, um, do I still have it open here? Yeah. Hold on. All right. Their website says the well-being, safety, and security of our guests and team members are of paramount importance. And our hotels across Egypt are making every effort to ensure we deliver the highest level of security. We continue to monitor the situation closely. Uh, guests planning to travel to Egypt should contact their respective governments or tour operators for travel advice and more information. Hello? It sounded like someone picked up and then um, just sort of went away. You know, I like talking to regular people. I, you know... All right, you know what? We'll try it again a little later. But first, I read the news today. Oh boy! Time to check in for the latest with the Talk Radio News Service. Find them at talkradionews.com. Um, hi, who's on the line this morning? Hi, Nicole. It's Tala. How are you? Hi, good. Tala Dalashovsky of the Talk Radio News Service. What's uh, what's things like in Washington today? Well, we're going to see the Senate uh, vote on the repeal today. Um, the uh, clearly, they're it's expected not to get the sixty votes needed. You're talking. Uh, the Senate's going to vote on the repeal of um, of the Affordable Care Act, as they call it, Obamacare. And this is something that uh, basically they're using procedural uh, stuff to force the vote because Harry Reid was not going to bring this to the floor. He was not going to bring it to the floor. Right. They're latching it to the aviation bill, the FAA um, bill that the uh, that they want to bring forward to uh, boost some 90,000 jobs within the aviation industry. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to bring that forward as well today. Um, you have some Democratic moderates um, uh, who are on the fence, oh. from Virginia and others, about the repeal of the health care or Obama bill, as, as people are calling it. Um, but, again, it's they're not going to get, uh, despite what Mitch McConnell is saying, the 60 votes needed for it to pass. Okay. Um, I just need to break in here uh, because something co- co- crossed my Twitter feed. And if this is true, it's it's devastating. The Egyptian museum is apparently burning. Um, the the uh, the you know the government paid protesters uh, are are apparently throwing Molotov cocktails at it. And um, if this is true, if the Egyptian antiquities are are burning, this is this is devastating. Well, it's a horrible situation because these rental thugs, Nicole, that Mubarak has put on the streets. Uh, to hijack this democracy movement um, and to beat up on protesters. Anderson Cooper got a rock to his head this morning. Ooh, I heard um, he was beaten. You know, I heard he was punched in the head around ten times. I didn't hear that it was a, um, uh, a, I, a rock. You know, again, <clears throat> it's mixed reports, but a rock was thrown at him, and then some of these rented thugs are now beating up on foreign journalists. Mubarak clearly has a strategy here to get the uh, members of the uh, upper elites that still support him in Egypt to look at this and say, look, we need him in power. Lawlessness is just too much. We can't take it. We need to go back to the way Egypt was. And that's unfortunate with his releasing escaped uh, convicts from prisons, putting these rental thugs on the street to beat up these protesters, and now um, setting fire to museums and, and other oh, buildings. Horrible. Horrible. Okay. Now, what about the official reaction? I mean, we, we've heard that uh, President Obama, he spoke last night after Hosni Mubarak spoke. Um, uh, we heard that in a private call, he, he urged him to leave, said you need to step aside. Um, what, what, you know, uh, apparently Joe Biden said something this morning on MSNBC that uh, we, you know, the, we have better control of our people here than they do in Egypt, which is, uh, again, major foot in the mouth. But what, what is, um, you know, what is the U.S. government saying today? Uh, the U.S. government has been uh, good in terms of, um, Carrie and other instances have to ask for a little breakfast. 
You know, Tala, we, 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 we've got a, um, a, a bad uh, connection right now. I don't know if you moved, but I'm, I'm, you're breaking up on me. Nope, not good. Okay, I'm, I'm in, a, in a funny there building. There you go, right um, there. Stay put. <laughs> you're good right there. Okay, so go ahead. I know John Kerry has publicly said, uh, you know, with no reservation, Mubarak needs to leave. That's right. And um, what the Egyptian scholars, and I cover international issues, as you know, Nicole, uh, and as an Iranian, I can tell you a lot of people are linking this to the Iranian revolution and saying that it's going to be hijacked by Islamic uh, party members like the Muslim Brotherhood and others. That's not true. What Egyptians believe that inside uh, Egypt that Mubarak is saying he's going to not uh, seek re-election in seven months in September, but in fact will try to put his son, Jamal Mubarak, uh, in a place of leadership after he uh, does, resigns or doesn't seek re-election. So he's actually trying to fool the Egyptian uh, civil society. Al-Baradei, Mohammed Al-Baradei, the former uh, leader of the IAEA, who is expected to lead this transitional government, is also saying that Mubarak needs to immediately step aside. But he's defiant. He has implemented a violent strategy now, and unfortunately for the international community, what we're seeing is that lawlessness has taken over this democracy movement. It is very sad. I mean, because just yesterday I was marveling at, you know, in awe of the peaceful revolution, thinking how cool that this is happening. And now today we see these thugs coming in trying to, um, you know, wreak violence, wreak havoc there. And we are learning from all the, you know, a lot of different sources um, and some of these uh, thugs, as they're being called, who've been arrested, are confirming that they were paid to go in there and present themselves as pro-Mubarak forces, you know, fighting back to save the government when, you know, uh, boy, all I can liken it to is the AstroTurf teabagger movement here. Yeah, or you could link it very much to the Green Movement in Iran when mm-hmm. people were protesting and the Iranian government hired thugs, uh, labeled the Basij, to shoot and murder right. uh, innocent, uh, unarmed civilians. And that immediately stopped the protest. And yeah. people were taken off the streets because they just didn't want to be murdered in cold blood. Um, the other issue we have to keep in mind is that with these democracy movements in Tunisia, in Egypt, in Yemen, and now we're seeing in Jordan, the population of these groups are that the majority of them are 25 and under. Yes. So you're seeing a very outdated 82-year-old leader trying to uh, speak to 25 and unders who are college-educated, well-educated, and don't have jobs. Food shortages, as the World Food Program has also indicated, are horrific and really affect these countries who import mostly wheat and rice from other countries because they don't have the agricultural infrastructure set up to have their own uh, independent economy. And living on $2 a day, which is what the average Egyptian lives on, uh, makes food problems a really uh, important issue, and that's going to be definitely at the top of the agenda agenda of the transitional government. It has gone from uplifting and um, hopeful to very scary and sad. It's going to be tough, you know, to watch it for the next few days, um, but we must. And it is the Internet age, and I think, you know, I heard someone describe it as the genie is out of the bottle. And although you're Tala Dolashovsky from the Talk Radio News Service, you are Iranian. Now, we watched with, with great hope people of Iran, and as you said, that once the thugs, the government-paid thugs came in, it sort of ended. Do you expect that there's going to be more? Uh, you know, it's, it's looking like this kind of democracy breaking out is spreading throughout the region. What do you think is going to happen in Iran? Well, again, a lot of people are making comparisons, you know, you see on Fox News and other that uh, to the Iran and Egypt case, uh, saying that Egypt is going to implement Sharia law. I mean, these are just fundamental flaws in terms of their understanding. Uh, Iran has a 95% Shi'i population. The Shi'is implement Sharia law. Egypt has a majority Sunni Muslim population. That means that they implement laws under legal Islamic jurisprudence, not based on uh, executions and floggings and stonings and so forth. Um, that's the misunderstanding. You also have a pretty good Coptic Christian population within Egypt that Iran does not have. 
So to compare these two is a similar kind of situation where it's going to be hijacked by the Muslim Brotherhood who's going to implement tough new laws is just plain wrong. It's a misunderstanding of the Egypt situation altogether. Uh, what I think will happen in Egypt if Mubarak does step aside, um, whether it be in seven months or immediately, is that El Baradei will seek 80% of, of the votes of the leadership will be secular uh, individuals who are technologically advanced, who are financial experts that can boost the economy, who are able to deal with food shortages and to get jobs for the youth. The Muslim Brotherhood are individuals. They are not the Mujahideen or the Taliban. Right. They are individual scholars and political leaders who are seeking social service uh, social services for their for their members, for their constituents, and they were elected on an individual basis. They now, yes, represent 20% of the Egyptian cabinet, but they are not looking to uh, promote a Islamic fundamentalist agenda. And that's what El Barde and a number of other Egyptians have tried to stress. Right. And uh, now, I guess you, you've got to stress that the Muslim Brotherhood of 2011 is not the same as the Muslim Brotherhood of the late 70s, who are credited with assassinating Anwar Sadat. And clearly, the Muslim Brotherhood uh, at the, 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 the 70s were a bad time for the Muslim Brotherhood because they had certain members within, not all of their members, members that associated themselves with a Muslim Brotherhood that didn't like the westernized approach of Sadat, didn't like his uh, agreements with Israel. Again, Israel is going to be a very important part of this puzzle with the transitional government. Mm-hmm. Should El-Baradei uh, take over? Um, clearly, Israelis are concerned that the Egyptian government right now protects and secures the Gaza Strip from small arms, light weapons, and ammunition to get in there through Egypt. And the Egyptians um, are a ally of Israel. Should the transitional government take uh, place? Will the Muslim Brotherhood take over? Will they want to uh, send arms to the Gaza Strip? These are very important issues, and I don't blame the Israelis for being concerned. Right. But the Muslim Brotherhood has changed. It has been 30 years, and they are taking a different approach, and the members are in a different looking at this issue of Egypt in a different light. Right now, the main concerns for the Egyptians are jobs and food security, and that's really got to change immediately for them. Tala Dolachowski, we'll, we'll keep looking at uh, at uh, what's happening in in uh, Egypt and, and our country's reaction here. It's, uh, unfortunately, it seems like everything here is being, we're, we're, we're not focused on what's happening here in the U.S. because all eyes seem to be on Egypt right now. It's true, and, you know, um, the, the Clinton, Hillary Clinton has clearly shown that her lack of foreign policy experience uh, on the Egypt issue. Obama's taken over, um, like you said, Joe Biden made a few um, remarks this morning that weren't necessarily appropriate, but I think Obama has been very clear in his messaging. Uh, he, has been, he was tepid initially, but very clear in his messaging that it is important to the United States that Egypt remain stable. Uh, and that Egypt is an important uh, ally to the United States. The United States provides $1.5 billion a year to Egypt, and um, Obama wants to see a transitional government that is stable. Nobody wants to see an Islamic jihad group take over Egypt, and that is less likely to ha- It's not going to happen. It's very unlikely that it's going to happen. And unfortunately, with these thugs on the streets and sticks and rocks being thrown, these images that are being sent out, the Internet is opened up today, to the international community are showing a lot of people, oh, here we go. Yeah. They're, these are the Islamic jihadists that we were talking about on Fox News and so forth. So unfortunately, you know, I really hope, Nicole, that this doesn't get hijacked by these thugs, these rabbit thugs. You and me both. Uh, you know, and we're hearing uh, Nick Kristoff just tweeted gunfire just now around Tahrir, perhaps soldiers firing in air to disperse crowds. Um, others are saying the Egyptian museum is on fire with Molotov thrown by thugs. I guess it's only a matter of time, but uh, it is what happens between now and when uh, Mubarak is finally either run out of town or, or worse. And we'll just uh, keep watching and hoping for the best for the people there. 
That's right. We just have to keep our fingers crossed. Most definitely. All right. Tala Dolashovsky, thank you for the report. I, I appreciate your time this morning. Thanks again, Nicole. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Richard Engel of MSNBC is, let's see, stating pro-Mubarak supporters are surrounding anti-government protesters now. It is ugly and, and getting worse. All right. So we've got a few minutes left here before the day is over. What do you say we try to call Egypt again? Uh, I say we do because we can. Although, you know what? What the hell? Let's try to call Hilton and ask them if they are searching the rooms. And then I'm going to share a little poem with you from from our friend Carl Howard Johnson's in Egypt. Okay, hold on. Hilton, Cairo, because I, I closed the window. All right. Let's call the Nile Hilton didn't have the Hilton Zamalek residence Cairo. You know what? Let's call the Ramses Hilton again because they answered before. And let's see if they'll answer again. What do you think? By the way, it's expensive to call Egypt. Did you know that? Oh, okay, that was the wrong. Hold on. Uh... All right, let's call. Yes, I do call on Skype, but I have Skype out the Luxor. You're funny, pro. <laughs> All right, we are attempting to call the Ramses. Hi, um, um, hi. My name's Nicole. I do a, a radio show in the United States. C- could you have a couple of minutes to talk with me about what's happening there in Cairo? Hello. Hello. I, I are you there? Hello. Well, we're we're still connected. You know what? Maybe I should call back and ask for the front desk again. Let's do that. Uh, you know, it sounded like she hung up on me, but um, we'll, we'll ask for the front desk. Hi, may I have the front desk, please? What? The front desk? May I speak with somebody uh, manning the front desk? Okay, good. Thank you. Yes, hi, do you speak English? Oh, I think, okay, they said hold on. <laughs> All right, but at least, hey, we're getting somebody there. While I'm waiting, the, the Mano blog is reporting very scary live reports from Egypt, violence in Tahrir Square, protesters trapped, attacked. Uh, it, is, it is not sounding good. And I really would like to, to speak with somebody there. Hello? Hi. Hello? You can't try it. Hello, do you, uh, yes, can, can you talk to me for a moment? Do you speak English? Yeah, I speak English. Hi, yes, I just, I, I'm calling from the United States, and I just heard from um, a producer, Al Jazeera, that the, the Hilton staff is searching reporters' rooms and confiscating cameras. Do you know if that's happening? You want to confirm with, uh, about your room? No, no, no. I, I heard that um, reporters for Al Jazeera are saying that the Hilton Hotels are searching the hotel rooms and confiscating cameras. Is that happening? Thank you for holding the Hi, hi. Who am I speaking with? Oh, uh-oh. Now she hung up. Okay, that was that was a definite hang-up. All right, we're gonna we're gonna try a different hotel in Cairo. Um, why not? Cairo uh, hotel. Maybe we don't try a um a Hilton. Okay. Oh, there's the Hyatt. Oh, a Marriott. How about calling a Marriott? Is there a phone number here? This is a, a Marriott we're calling now in, in Cairo. It is um, the Cairo Marriott Hotel. Oh, and they have a casino there, too. That's it. I didn't know they had casinos in Egypt. Just shows I don't know a whole lot, right? Let's see if we can't get somebody at the Marriott. Yes, hi. Do you speak English? Yes, ma'am. Hi. My name is Nicole. I, I do a radio show in the United States, and I'm wondering if you can talk to me for a moment about what's happening, how far you are, uh, the, the Cairo Marriott from Tahrir Square. Uh, about uh, 15 minutes. About 15 minutes. And how are things outside your hotel? Is it quiet there? Is all the, the, uh, the, the protests happening closer to the center of, of the square? Our area is uh, very quiet. Very quiet. Um, how- because it, uh, the, the, because the, the, the Nile River is divided between us and, uh, and what's happening. So it's not easy for anybody to come to this side. It's two sides. 
I see. are on the other side of the river. Okay, well, so that's good. So you're safe where you are. Because we hear things are getting very violent there, that that there are some people um, perhaps being paid by uh, the Mubarak government to, to disrupt the peaceful protesters into Rear Square. Yes, we are hearing that this is what's happening because we are uh, we are inside the room. We cannot see anything, and uh, we are here since the morning. Uh, but we are uh, like you. We are listening to the uh, broadcast. Uh, that's good. Now, do you have access to Al Jazeera? Because we heard Al Jazeera was blacked out in Egypt. Al Jazeera, uh, yes, uh, it's it, uh, it's black. Yes. Um, but but is your internet back up today? Yes, it, it's back. Okay, so you're able to communicate with with other people. Yeah. Um, how yeah. can I ask? I don't know your name. You haven't said your name, so that's good. You can't be identified. How are you feeling? Would you like uh, President Mubarak to leave? Uh, no, 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 no. We uh, we don't have to leave, but uh, uh, we need uh, some uh, adjustments. And uh, real adjustment, deep adjustment. Like what? What What would you like to see change there? Uh, like the parliament and uh, the restore, uh, like this. I'm sorry, restore restore peace. Would you like to be able to vote for whatever candidate you like? Would you like a, a different government in place? Of course, we, the, the new government is very good. And uh, uh, the new uh, vice president is good also, and uh, uh, many 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 changes are very good. Uh, the, the the thing is, stay is uh, the parliament must be changed because it wasn't real uh, uh, survey. Right. For the parliament and uh, uh, some uh, subject in the in the in the, in the, in the, in the you know the, the, the store the store uh, I don't mean I don't know the, the meaning of the store by Arabic uh, some subject must be changed. Yeah, must be changed. And, I hear. And 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 and, and, and uh, uh, we need really we need the elects to be uh, real electors. From now on, on. Yes. Because this, this is very, very, very important thing that all the electors for parliament, for the president, for anything, but really it wasn't real electors all the, 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 the past 10 years. Uh, no, it hasn't been. I understand that. Um, and yes, so, yes. so change would be good here. Um, do you yes. fear for your safety right now with what's going on with the, with the uh, violence that's happening today? Uh, no, uh, we hear that, that uh, many injured people uh, from Tahrir Square uh, was uh, were uh, injured and uh, they couldn't find the, the implants to 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 medicine them uh, uh, there uh, until now, and many 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 are injured there. Right, I know. I'm hearing that, and, and are, you, you know that. Do you, can I ask what what the general impression is of Americans? I'm American, and we, our thoughts and and wishes are with the Egyptian people. We want you to have a free and open society. Do most people realize that the Americans want that for you? Yeah, they like this, and and the American here is not afraid. They are not afraid here, and I notice that most of the foreigners. They are not afraid uh, from what's happening, and they, uh, they, uh, you know, steady, uh, and uh, and the people respect them. Nobody uh, goes to the foreigner. Uh, other uh, uh, on the uh, uh, verses, uh, they uh, they protect the foreigner because uh, they they need them. So I notice that. That this is what happened. Okay, well, the American people are with you. One, one other question. We heard reports that the Hilton hotels were um, searching the rooms of the reporters and confiscating cameras. Do you know anything about that? Uh, no. No. Uh, you haven't been told to do anything like that at, at the Marriott? No, we don't have camera inside the rooms. You don't allow, you don't go inside the rooms? No, 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 never. Okay. Yeah. Right. Well, that's where we're hearing that um, the Hiltons 
are going into the rooms that are occupied by Al Jazeera employees and confiscating the cameras. No, I don't. I don't. Uh, I okay. don't know that. You don't do that. Well, um, yes. sir, I, I thank you so much for for talking with me thank today, you. and and just know that you, so many of us here in America wish the best for you and for the Egyptian people, and and hope you have peace and freedom. Thank you very much. <laughs> thank you so much for talking with me today. Thank you very much. Thank you. See you later. Huh? I hope so. Take care. Ask about me and when you come to Egypt. <laughs> I certainly will, and I hope I can. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Thank Bye -bye. you so much. Bye-bye. Bye. You know, that's why I do this. That's that. How awesome was that? I think he was a little afraid to say that Mubarak should leave, but he did say they need change. They need to be able to have open election, fair elections. He said that hasn't been there. That is so cool. And, and, and it just shows, you know, it's one world. We're all human beings. And I think if you get the, what, what's the word I'm looking for? The crazies out of the pictures, the extremists on any side, if you can get, and they are few. The extremists are a small number of people, no matter where you are, be it Iraq, Afghanistan, Iran, Egypt, United States. We have crazy extremists here as well. We do. But they are not representative of what we are all about. You know, watching these people into our rear square, watching them out chant the, the, the people chanting Allah Akbar, which is not a bad message, out chanting them with, with, with the chants of Christian, Muslim, we're all Egyptian. That's humanity. That's humanity. All right, I feel good now, and, um, you know, let's send out, remember that conversation, that sort of, we're, we're all in this together, and uh, wish them only the best. February 2nd, 2011, a slice of history. Sometimes, you know, you just have to get through to the correct person. And sadly, the Arab Spring kind of fizzled. Democracy did not come to the Middle East. Things there are just as bad as they were before that brave and fed up Tunisian man set himself on fire. I'm Nicole Sandler. As I hope you know, I'm off for a couple of weeks moving from Florida to Arizona. And so what I've done is amassed a few weeks worth of shows that I hope you will find interesting and entertaining and thought provoking. So today we're dealing with the slices of history. So for our next segment, we're going to jump ahead about a decade. The date was January 3rd, 2020. Unbelievably, Donald Trump was now in the White House, and many of us worried about the reality that a madman had the authority to push a button and launch another world war. Just terrifying. And Trump is a big bully who has a habit of poking other bullies. So the U.S. and Iran have had a fraught relationship for decades now, with a very tenuous coexistence in place when Trump bragged about his U.S. assassination of Iranian General Qasem Soleimani. He was the head of Iran's elite Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps and the architect of its military and political power. A U.S. air raid at Baghdad International Airport hit during the early morning hours, killing Soleimani and a few others with him. Iranian political analyst Mohammad Morandi told Al Jazeera News that the U.S. would regret the killings which he described as an act of war against Iran and Iraq. He said that the U.S. has, quote, changed the rules of engagement with Iran in killing such a high-profile Iranian military and government official. He said the killing is practically, quote, united Iran and Iraq's hands to attack the U.S. soldiers and other Westerners in Iraq. Oh, boy. Well, concerned that this would escalate the already high tensions between our nations, I thought it might be a good time to pick up the phone again, this time to talk with an Iranian citizen, human to human. It was January 3rd, 2020. Hey, it's Nicole Sandler with a shortened edition of my program. Actually, this is one segment from today's show that I wanted to share with you because I can and because we should. With Donald Trump provoking war, 
in the Middle East, we need to do all we can to promote peace. And so I made a phone call today, actually a few, until I finally got through to somebody in Iran who would talk to me human to human. I've done this before. I actually called hotels around Tahrir Square during the Arab Spring and had some amazing conversations with people. So today I called hotels in Tehran. It took a few tries, but I finally got someone who wanted to talk to me. And what he said might surprise you. So, well, here's what happened. Hi, do you speak Hello, do you speak English? Hi. Hi, do you speak English? You speak English? Hi, my name's Nicole. Hi. And I'm actually calling from America. Um, because it looks like I'm calling from the United States. Because I'm concerned, okay. I'm concerned about what's going on between our two countries. Um, can I ask okay. you? I don't, I don't want your name. I don't want you to identify yourself. I didn't say where I'm calling. Um, I'm on the radio. I'm on an internet radio station here. Can you tell me if, if you guys are as freaked out as we are about what's going on right now, about the possibility of, of some kind of war? Uh, sorry. Now, uh, now to live night. Uh, tomorrow morning, call. Okay. Tomorrow morning, I should call. Is that what you're saying? Yes, tomorrow morning at 7 o'clock. Okay. All right. Okay. Thank, Thank you. you. Bye-bye. Thank you. All right. I guess he couldn't talk. All right. Well, I'm going to try this other one because that one worked. So let's just, we'll give it one more shot. You know, I've done this from time to time over the years. The first time I did it was during the Arab Spring, and I called hotels around Tahrir Square, and I had some of the best conversations with people who were just hoping that the world was going to all of a sudden get better, and sadly, that's not what happened. So now I'm calling this other hotel. They do call, they do speak English, and from what I understand... Hello, hello, hello. Hi, hi, hello, do you speak English? Hello. Hi, do you speak English? Hello, Mo. how may I help you? Yes, yeah. hi, uh, my name's Nicole, I'm calling from the United States. Can we talk, can, I, 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 I'm calling just to say that I'm kind of upset, very upset about what's going on, and I wanted to speak with just an average person in Iran to tell you that we, we have no hard feelings towards you. I, I, are you as freaked out as we are about what's going on between our two countries right now? Uh, you know, it's something normal in Iran, Mom. There's nothing to worry about. If you want to, if you want to see anything, if you want to read the news, the websites, the online websites, the newspapers, everything are okay. I can't. Uh, but about the hotel, if you have any question, I can ask. <laughs> no, I, I, I call a hotel because I figured people would speak English there. I just want to know if the average person in Iran. No, if you want to speak directly to someone, it's okay, but. Uh, but you're speaking to someone that has no news, you know. No news, but because, you as uh, you can you can open the website and ask about it. Hold on, please. Okay. Well, he speaks good English, right? He he just doesn't seem like he wants to talk to me very much. Sorry, mom. It's oh, really crowded here. Oh, just it open is. Open the website and read all the news. Oh, oh, okay. I want. I actually wanted to know just a, an average person. Sorry, what I can't you give any you can't information. Uh, I got you. Directly from the phone. Okay. Sorry, if you have All any right. question about the hotel, about the rooms, <laughs> I can help you. I got you. Just know, American people, we're good. We we really don't want war with you guys. Do not want war. Mom, it's not in my business. Sorry, okay. I'm not a politician. I'm a receptionist. I got if you. you. Have any, I'm I, I'm repeating it again. If you I have understand. any question about the hotel, I can answer it. Okay. Thank you. I'm sorry to bother you. I'll have a good night. Okay, you too. Bye-bye. Uh, should I try another one? I mean, I feel like there's people out there. They all speak English. Listen to how good their English is. I, I'm going to try one more hotel if I, can, if I can find another hotel listing. All right, I've got one more phone number that we'll try calling. It, just because we can. Why not? Let's give it a shot. All right, calling Iran again. And this number is, now that i figured out how to find the phone numbers, 888. Two zero two zero one eight. We'll give it one more shot. And if this doesn't work, well, <laughs> then I say at least we tried. We're trying to broker peace between the United States and, and Iran. Because uh, I don't know about, well, I do know about you. You don't want war either. Donald Trump has no right to do this. He didn't consult Congress. In fact, I have. Hi, do you speak English? 
Yes, yes, madam, I am speaking. Hi, my name is Nicole. I'm calling from the United States. Just as a as a person, yes. person to person, I want to reach out to someone in Tehran to tell you that we do not want to fight with you guys. That we have a madman as president who's doing things that does not have the approval of most of the American people. So I want to know do, if you guys, regular Iranians, really just hate us in America or you realize that we're human beings too and most of us don't like Donald Trump and don't like what he's doing. Uh, of course, lady, we know about that. But uh, we as a nation, we don't war. We, we just love peace. We do love peace. Just know that. But uh, this is a game with... Uh, you know, uh, the politicians, not with the people. Right. No, it's it's terrible. And we're trying to get Donald Trump out of office. You know, he's been impeached. He should not be. And the reason I think he's doing these crazy things is because he knows he's being impeached. We want to get him out of office. I'm so sorry. Um, um, the, the general that we killed, Soleimani, is this somebody that you respect, somebody that you have affection for? Uh. No, no. You know, I'm. Uh, uh, I don't know what to what to say, what to tell you about the killing or uh, killing the our general. But uh, may I ask you a question? Can you uh, tell me again everything that you told me? Because I want to record it and. Uh, you know, uh, sent to my friends. Oh, absolutely. My name is Nicole, and I'm actually, I do a radio show on the Internet, and I wanted to reach out to somebody in Iran as a human being to human being to tell you that what our government is doing is not in our name. We do not agree with this. Most of us are freaked out about what's going on and I wanted to reach out to just another human being in Tehran to tell you we don't want war with you we want peace we have crazy people running the government and it's not okay we're trying to get this guy out of office so I I called a hotel because that's where I figured I'd find somebody who can speak English and I'm glad you did and so I'm so thankful that you're talking to me so that's what this is about. I, I'm actually doing a, a radio show. I didn't identify you, so there's no way they can tell, anyone can tell who I'm talking to. But thank you for talking to me. How do you guys feel about the United States? All we hear, the media tells us that people in Iran chant death to America. Is that how most of you guys feel? Uh, no, no, it's not. I don't feel that uh, I don't want war. I don't want death to America and the great nation of America. But uh, just know that as an Iranian, I'm sending you this message. We do love peace. We are running from war, any war, small, big, any, any war. And uh, we, we, are, we are sad about this uh, terror attack from the United States. But uh, we do love the America, United States nation. And uh, don't forget that. Okay. okay. And, and I want you to know that most of us do not go along with Donald Trump. We have a weird system here in elections that lets the guy who got fewer votes win because it's all messed up. We want him out of office. He's be- he's already been impeached because he's a bad, bad guy. He's a bad man. And I want to reach out to say he, Donald Trump does not speak for me and his actions. We are livid. We're freaked out that, that he did this and we want to, we don't want war. We want peace. That's why I wanted to reach out human being to human being. And I'm so glad you picked up the phone. It's very Thank nice you to very meet much. you. I Thank wish you. we would meet under different circumstances. What can we do to keep from going to war? Do you have any thoughts other than kicking Donald Trump out of office? Um, I'm not sure about that because I don't know much from uh, politics. I just, right. uh, I hope and I uh, beg for, uh, you know, to be each side, you know, uh, both sides, I mean, uh, the United States and Iran to be calmed down and not to do any you know, violence attack to, mm-hmm. uh, from each other. But uh, we're waiting and we hope peace. We hope uh, uh, to both sides to calm down. Yes, I, I hope so, I, I I hope so too. Now, what about um, Hassani, the president there, and the Ayatollah have been saying that they're going to take retribution on the United take States? Revenge. Yes, yes. I, I'm not sure, but uh, I hope that they 
don't take revenge because it uh, makes the circumstances and a little bit difficult and uh, you know complicated. But uh, we cannot predict uh, uh, absolutely what what is going on in future in few days or in few hours. But uh, we have to be calm down and uh, be uh, smart. Absolutely. The average person over there, do they feel like you or are there factions that does believe death to America, but other factions that want a more democratic way of life there? No, this is a small, uh, you know, population that have this, you know, uh, opinion. But uh, I can tell you uh, that most of uh, Iranian people, most, uh, I mean, let me say, uh, more than 95%, 98% of Iranian people do not believe that uh, we should uh, get in the war together. Mm. But uh, uh, that's America is, uh, you know, really stupid uh, sentence. Yeah. We do not use this in our uh, dialogue every day. But uh, I never, I never use this even in the school, even in uh, in all, uh, you know all days of my life. Just know that. Okay. Well, would you like to see, uh, have elections over there and have a, a, a more, a, a secular government rather than the rule of the Ayatollah? Uh, I, I can, I cannot, uh, I cannot predict. I cannot, I don't know what to say. Maybe. Mm. Uh, and, uh, I don't know what to say. I gotcha. And I, and I know, I, I understand your, you know, hesitancy to speak. I know that there's a chilling effect over yeah, thank there. You, thank uh, you very much. I thank, thank you. you thank you so much for talking to me. Just know that all Americans are not evil, and many of us just want to be friends. Okay? We know that. All right. Thank you very much. Happy I really New appreciate Year. appreciate your time for talking with me and calling to me. And I I really appreciate you talking to me. Thank you so much. And best wishes for a happy New Year, a peaceful New Year. Of course. Happy New Year, lady. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good time. You too. Bye-bye. All right. Well, it took a few tries. It took a lot of missteps on my part. But wow, that's what I wanted to hear. See, and he said 95, 98% of the people feel the way I do. I honestly believe that if real people would just talk to one another and get the idiots like Donald Trump and, you know, John Bolton and Mike Pompeo out of the way, sometimes I think we'd be so much better off without the politicians, you know? Oh, yeah, I know. Be sure to tune in tomorrow for our On the Road Best of Shows, tomorrow featuring famed prosecutor Vincent Bugliosi. So that's what I put together for you today. And it looks like I still have about four minutes left. Hmm. I guess it's time to whip out a parody. Uh, you know, we've, we've been through many, many of them over the years. So today we'll pull one from the Randy Rainbow pile of song parodies to play us out. I'm Nicole Sandler. Thanks for listening. I'll leave you with Randy Rainbow. As you know, I'm meeting with President Putin on Monday. We will, of course, ask your favorite question about meddling. I will be asking that question again. You know, what am I going to do? He may deny it. I mean, it's one of those things. So all I can do is say, did you, and uh, don't do it again. But he may deny it. I mean, well, uh, you'll be the first to know. I'm very consistent. I'm a very stable genius. We still have to figure out what's going on with he is the very model of a very stable genius. Of all the U.S. presidents, he is the Mussoliniest. He learned a lot of things according to his Wikipedia and demonstrates his ample intellect on social media. When people are in need, he is the best at making fun of them. He knows 11 words, although he can't spell even one of them. An overly flamboyant orange autocratic scuzzy man who's undermining everything Obama did because he can. He's undermining everything Obama did because he can. He's undermining everything Obama did because he can. He's overly flamboyant and an autocratic scuzzy He's firmly resolute, but how he thinks and feels and talks depends on any of the crap he may have heard that day on Fox and Friends. And though his brain is smaller than his tiny little penis, he is the very model of a very stable genius. I am doing a great job, that I can tell you. He's very good at pushing all the bullshit that he's peddling, but won't concern himself with matters such as Russian meddling. His campaign manager's in jail on charges that are felony, and no one really cares about him less than his wife, Melanie. Sorry, Melanie. 
He's really great with children when it comes to immigration. He thinks he's making progress with denuclearization. He's only hated from Seattle to the Carolinas and likes to greet his lady friends by grabbing their vaginas. He likes to greet his lady friends by grabbing their vaginas. He likes to greet his lady friends by grabbing their vaginas. He likes to greet his lady friends by Elizabeth did not see that coming. He's certainly proficient at hijacking an election. At 8 he is not afraid of not taking direction. Aside from all his ignorance, the chaos and the penis, he is the very model of a very stable genius. I would say the highest level of special. He's always been a pro at things like violating protocols and reproducing other egotistical Neanderthals. To all our greatest allies, he decides to say get out of here while doing all he can to satisfy his daddy Vladimir. There's no one as accomplished in the art of the distraction. Of anything that's factual, he orders a retraction. When greeting foreign leaders, he prefers the pomp and circumstance than vomits verbal diarrhea to satisfy his sycophants. There never was a military draft he couldn't dodge and he is excellent at advocating racist and misogyny. He likes to make up stories with convenient exclusion of topics that he finds make him feel threatened like collusion. He expertly persuades his base that Mueller's hunting for a witch instead of their own president who's obviously Putin's bitch. He calls reporters fake and says the Democrats are sour grapes then lies awake at night and thinks about those Russian pee-pee tapes. He lies awake at night and thinks about those Russian pee-pee Never has there been a stable genius as smart as he And if you don't believe me, you can just ask Sarah Huckabee And though his brain is smaller than his tiny little penis He is the very model of a very stable genius He's a very stable genius Whatever, girl <laughs>